Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. This is Isle of Basketball, and we're talking about the Lakers Hornets game that just took place, in which LeBron James decided to remind LaMelo Ball that he was the best player in the league. I think that was the objective of the game. But anyway, I'm here with Christian Rivas, expert in the Ball Brothers, quoted in a piece on the Ball family in Chino Hills earlier today in the LA Times. So who better to talk about this game with? Christian, how you doing? So many people is the answer to that question. But <laughs> here I am. I, I had so many people message me and I get it's family. You know, you get messages, you get weird text messages from like your uncle you haven't spoken to in a while whenever you do something remotely interesting. Of course. So I had, I had a ton of people message me today saying they were proud of me. And I'm like, for what? Being born <laughs> in the Inland Empire when around the same time that Lonzo Ball was? Uh, but yeah, it is, it, it is very cool seeing Lonzo, Lamelo, uh, Lamelo, Onyeka, uh, Leangelo, maybe one day, <laughs> who knows? But those three are are good enough for now. Yep the the pride of Chino Hills, the quartet making it work in the NBA right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we we could talk about the game, I guess. Um, the Lakers beat the Hornets one sixteen to one oh five. It was it was an interesting game. You know, it looked like the Lakers are going to run away with it in the first half. They were up fifteen at halftime, and then about what six minutes into the third quarter that was all gone and they sort of had to squeak out a win over the second half and it turned out to be no problem because wouldn't you know if the Lakers have LeBron James and other teams don't right any other takeaways for you from this one Christian I'm it's so funny to me because I knew we were going to get a game from LeBron like this we talked about it a bit in in slack but Mm -hmm. he will never admit it but LeBron loves these games. Like <laughs> before the postseason, I think the only time I saw playoff LeBron in the regular season last season was when they played the Pelicans and Zion Williamson was available. Like mm-hmm. you can point to the Clippers Bucks games all you want. I saw regular season LeBron in those games. <laughs> playoff LeBron was going full force at Zion Williamson and LaMelo Ball got the same thing today. Bless his heart. Shouldn't have said he wasn't excited to play LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, LeBron's just looking for a little respect from the next generation, right? Like, you know, you can say it's pretty cool to play against LeBron James. He's not going to hold it against you. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, he's going to do the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny uh, to think like, it's like wanting to make a good impression on somebody you're meeting for the first time. It's like, I want you when you're, when I'm retired to say you remember your first time playing me and that I was the toughest player you ever played against. It's, I get it. Like, I don't <laughs> hold it against, you know, this grown man going up against children at full speed. I do the same thing. There would be times where at, in my elementary school uh, play yard or whatever, sometimes a fourth grader would step up in the tetherball court. I'd show him what's up. And it's the same thing. LeBron's just showing Wait, okay, guys I'm sorry. what's up on... You were in your court. elementary school play yard. At what age were you showing up these fourth grades? Oh no, I was in sixth grade. I was oh, okay. in sixth grade. I should I should specify. Yeah, it'd be funny if. Yeah, I like. like I mean, are you the elementary school student who's showing up the fourth graders? I'm curious at the day. I'm not. I mean, I'm not above that personally, but mm-hmm. I was in sixth grade at the time when it gotcha. was happening. I mean, I'm just picturing like you know that the end scene of Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's the only association I have with tetherball anymore. For some reason, I've like blocked out all the times I've actually played when I was a child. But anyway, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, LeBron really likes these games against the young kids. Uh, 
it wasn't so much with Anthony Edwards. I guess Anthony Edwards doesn't really have the the hype train that LaMelo Ball mm-hmm. does, although that might be coming. But did you see Anthony Edwards' game today? I don't know if you were able to pay attention while uh, the Lakers were playing. I but... did. Seeing seeing the Timberwolves do anything remotely like good is mm-hmm. news these days. So that is correct. When I saw that it was a close game, I was like, whoa! Yeah. Um, not nearly as exciting as the Wizards. My pick to win the NBA Finals. Uh, beating the Utah Jazz. That was awesome. We can we can just move past that for now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Anthony Edwards giving Chris Paul the business is uh, delightful. You know, anyone giving Chris Paul the business is delightful. So good for you, young fella. Um, Lamella Ball <laughs> was not as fortunate today. Uh, individually, he had a perfectly fine stat line. You know, 26 points, seven assists. Uh, for some reason, Borrego kept him out for a an extended stretch at the end of the game when the Hornets were trying to get back into it. Understandably, he had five fouls, but like, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I get there, there were no fans in the building, so no one to like boo the head coach for those decisions, but it was, it was a little strange, but let's talk about the Lakers a little bit. Um, I know I said the main takeaway was that the Lakers have LeBron James and other teams don't. And I, I would like to have something grander to say about the Lakers from this game, but you know, they didn't have Anthony Davis, still don't have Marcus All, who uh, appears to be proceeding through the health and safety protocols to a point where, like, I'm hoping he'll be back sooner than later, which is good to hear, you know, just from a health and wellness perspective. Uh, they did welcome back Alex Caruso today, who has lost all of his touch around the rim since he <laughs> returned from his concussion, but that's fine. You know, it's a little break. I'm sure it'll come back. He hit his last lip of the game, so it just is improving in real time. Um Montrez Harrell also had a case of the yips today. Strange little thing. Biz gave Trez the business (laughs) was my other takeaway from that game. I've, I have so many Hornets uh, friends that are Hornets fans Mm -hmm. that have just talked about Bismack Biombo arguably being the worst player in the NBA. (laughs) And then this year he looks like, I don't know, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon against the Lakers. (laughs) There is a certain type of, body type I think that does well against Montrezl Harrell and I right. think Bismack Biombo has that so you know whatever that was so the Lakers basically just did not get sources of offense from beyond Dennis Schroeder like I think other than Schroeder there were there were two Lakers in double figures Taylor Horn Tucker and Kyle Kuzma each had 12 so you know just scratching the surface of double figures but this was basically the LeBron James show and I want to talk about the end of the game because the Hornets did something interesting at the start of the second half. They decided we don't need Cody Zeller anymore. We're going to go without a center. And it worked marvelously to start the game because I mean, to start the third quarter because Damian Jones was just all out of his element and they immediately cleared up that 15 point deficit. And mm-hmm. so in the fourth quarter, Frank Vogel was like, all right, we're going to go small too. And usually when the Lakers go small, it's terrifying because Anthony Davis is the five and LeBron's the four and you know, they're small and big at the same time because they have speed and length and everything put together. But with Anthony Davis out, they went small with LeBron at the five because yeah. let's be clear, Kyle Kuzma is not the five in that lineup, any lineup, never from here until eternity. He's not the five. Okay. Not let's under just Frank make Vogel. Luke's gone. <laughs> that ain't happening. And so the Lakers close with this lineup of LeBron Kuzma. I think Wes Matthews was in there for a little bit, but like three guards around the three of them. And watching LeBron play center on defense at this age, the blocks that he made on Terry Rozier, even the one that was called a goaltend, what in the world 
is up with that guy. He is 36 years old. Mark Gasol is 36 years old. And he moves like a man who is 36 <laughs> years old. Yeah. How is he still doing this? I don't know. He probably doesn't eat like I do because I move <laughs> like Marc Gasol and I am 25 years old. Um, so that's one. I hear he drinks a lot of wine and gets a lot of sleep. Um, I also do those things sometimes, but again, not near the athlete LeBron James is. Yeah, that was that was very cool to watch. Um, it was also funny, like to put into perspective how animated and like excited LeBron was to play tonight. He seemed like genuinely excited to be playing center. Like he just he wanted to be out on the court uh, on Thursday night, and that, that was really fun to watch. It's always fun, like. I, I've seen it with Giannis a lot this season too. Just like guys having fun, like superstars having fun playing basketball is always cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw a lot of that from LeBron. Uh, I'm interested to see if they go back to it at any point of when Anthony Davis comes back. My guess is no, because uh, Anthony Davis is a pretty good center, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm we can just, just call Davis player. the four in those lineups. <laughs> yeah. uh, but God, if for if somehow they got enough shooting in the post trade deadline buyout mark uh buyout market or the trade deadline itself to play five out with LeBron at the center. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Goodbye, <laughs> Nets. <laughs> I mean that is the lineup that you play against the Nets. It's Anthony Davis at the five, LeBron at the four, and then three shooters, whoever those happen to be, whether that's Kuzma Matthews, KCP, Caruso on any given day, like Wayne some Allen combination too. of that, right? Oh, yeah. THD, you know, could also slide in there. So I didn't even mention Dennis Schroeder, right, who was nominally the best offensive player that I did not name. Uh, the best offensive player other than AD and LeBron James on the Lakers. So a lot of options there. But LeBron at the five, however long we get to see it, is just – I literally don't have words for it because it's so <laughs> ridiculous that yeah. the ground that he was covering on these defensive possessions, like just putting out fires left and right, uh, his just – indignation when his block was ruled a goaltend like he watched the replay and then started yelling (laughs) because he knew he had the right Um, I continue to just be blown away by how good this guy is like I feel like I repeat myself over and over again you know I thought LeBron was entering a different phase of his career when he joined the Lakers the first season seemed to confirm that like there was some level of mortality that we could apply to LeBron James and that was just one giant fake up right like (laughs) there's He's, he's, he's a cyborg. He is, you cannot describe him with the words we use to describe normal human beings and God, what a treat it is to watch him play. Yeah. And I think, I think that joy in watching LeBron play basketball at this stage is kind of lost in, you know, all of the MVP debate and, you know, who's got next, who's taking the crown. It's just like, ultimately who cares? Does LeBron (laughs) James deserve this year's MVP, the way the Lakers are playing without Anthony Davis, probably. But I also just like watching him play basketball. Uh, and so, yeah, that Thursday night was one of those nights where uh, against a lesser opponent, just seeing LeBron James go off was really nice. That being said, uh, I hope Damian Jones watches LeBron James defensive positioning <laughs> uh, when he was playing at the center because he could learn a thing or two. Yeah, I mean, if the rumors are to be believed, uh, Damian Jones will not be starting at center for the Lakers for much longer, and that's not because Marc Gasol is returning from 
health and safety protocols. It's because somebody else is coming to take his place. And we can talk about that after the break. All right. So quick LeBron interlude before we get to the Lakers center position or continue to talk about the Lakers center position, I suppose, given the way LeBron played tonight. But I happen to think that the reason he's having so much fun is partly because he does see that MVP award in his sights. Like there was a stretch where, you know, they lost every single game when Anthony Davis was out of the lineup and obviously Dennis Schroeder not being available had a lot to do with that, but not exactly bolstering the man's case for his MVP candidacy, you know, when you cannot win any games without your second best player. Mm -hmm. But then this door opens when Joel Embiid gets injured. And obviously no one's wishing injury on anybody else in the NBA. And we want Joel to come back as soon as possible. And like seeing the Lakers against a healthy Sixers team in the playoffs would just be a remarkable series. I think that'd be great. Um, I mean, cause how often have the Lakers ever been in a playoff series where they have not had the best center, like just historically, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's not a Laker thing. Um, but anyway, I do think that has given LeBron a little bit more life, you know, like there's the door has been cracked open I mean, Nikola Jokic's Nuggets, they're they're good, but they're not in this, the segment of the standings that you normally expect an MVP winner to be in, right? Like, I think every MVP except for two has come from the top three seeds in their conference, and the Nuggets are just not there. And it's hard to imagine them cracking that, you know, with the LA teams, with the Suns, with the Jazz, although the Jazz are just in a free fall, although whatever. Um, there's, there's a real opportunity here for LeBron. He's got the narrative momentum. And then he has just these absurd collection of highlights that he's accumulating at this age. And I know that LeBron says that he, you know, likes just to play the right way and, you know, play for love of the game and all that nonsense. He wants the trophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wants uh, the trophy. And I think, you know, he, he has a pretty strong case for it with the way the Lakers are playing right now. Like, I think Anthony Davis is going on a dozen games missed. Um, I think Thursday might have been 11 or 12. But for the Lakers to be a game and a half back of the one seed in the Western Conference, having missed Anthony Davis, not for just this stretch, mm -hmm. but at various points of the season, I think is insane. I, the part Part of what made last season impressive was – how quickly with, with how much roster turnover turnover there was in the offseason, how quickly the Lakers got things together. I think we saw that in a similar way with the way the Lakers came together after Anthony Davis got injured. Obviously they had that stretch where they just could not win a game, but since then they've kind of retooled and learned how to play without him. And I mentioned this in the, in the recap I wrote, but, the best thing about all of this, if you're watching the Lakers, is a lot of the things they're doing right now, they're just going to be doing at a higher level when Anthony Davis and Marcus Gasol return. Because that second unit is going to go untouched. Um, maybe Markeith Morris gets you know minutes over Wesley Matthews, although Wesley Matthews, I think, played one of his better games of the season against the Hornets, looked active on defense. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean... To be able to not dig into your bench unit that, you know, moving one of Montrez Harrell into the or Kyle Kuzma into the starting lineup full time to be able to do that and maintain that success, I think, speaks volumes as to what LeBron James can do to a team, uh, you know, 
give him a lob threat and a couple of shooters and he's going to make you the best team in the Western Conference. It's it's pretty nuts. Uh, I also really just enjoy the Lakers having a lob threat. I, I know Damian Jones is no like Laker great center. You know, he's not in that dynastic Disagree. line that we have uh, come across, but uh, he's just fun, you know, to see jump. It's, it's nice to have a center who can jump and be above the rim. But anyway, um, that's a different story. I had something and I lost it. What was I going to say? <laughs> this is what I get for the interlude about Damian Jones. <laughs> no, no, no. It's funny because uh, there was a play in the game where I, I realized how slight Damian Jones is. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges had enough time in the air to go from one side of Damian Jones' body to the other and get a reverse layup going. And I was like, wow. Damian Jones is not Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just an interesting thing about LeBron James's MVP candidacy is we think of him as the Lakers best offensive player. And then we think of Anthony Davis as the Lakers best defensive player. I think that's right. how most people tend to categorize it. And the Lakers offense is middling, right? It's, you know, right in the middle of the pack among offensive efficiency, even though they're number one in defense. So it's like, do you give LeBron the credit for the Lakers being the number one defense when we think of Davis as the one who sort of, shepherds that you know defensive effort from the lakers and i think this stretch has sort of reminded us that no lebron james is just an outstanding defensive player and yeah you know there were seasons when he would coast on that end of the floor and there are still times when he coasts on that end of the floor but he is so much more dialed in defensively this year that he has to get the lion's share of the credit you know for the way the lakers play defensively and i understand frank vogel designs a system that works for this team. And he's just been mm-hmm. an outstanding defensive coach for the entirety of his career in the NBA, but the guys on the court have to execute it. Right. And LeBron James, he's the one who's the back line of defense quite literally today when he was playing center. So I think his defensive performance really more so than anything while Anthony Davis has been gone has been really important for that MVP candidacy. Yeah. Two things. One, if I had a vote uh, for NBA awards voting, which big surprise, I do not have a vote. <laughs> Anybody listening, um, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. He would be on one of my teams, probably the first or second team. Um, well, there are only first and second teams. So. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the all NBA teams, my bad. Um, the other thing is the thing that makes what LeBron James is doing impressive to me uh, with Anthony Davis is that went with Anthony Davis out. Again, you you give credit to Frank Vogel, but look at the guys LeBron James is starting with. Not exactly all NBA defenders by any means. Like Mark D- Damian Jones, long, tall. That's half the battle, and yet it's a battle he loses. Markeith Morris, um, you know, it, it Markeith Morris, Contavious Caldwell Pope are fine. Dennis Schroeder is active. But by no means do you look at that roster and say number one defensive team in the NBA with Anthony Davis in the lineup, perhaps with Marcus all in the lineup, uh, you know, a former defensive player of the year. You got you got a number one defensive team with Markeith Morris and Damian Jones starting at your four and five. Come on, LeBron, <laughs> give it up. <laughs> it's funny because I like Keith's game quite a bit Um even though I, I don't have the same enjoyment for Marcus Morris's game, which I cannot explain to you. Like there's no good reason for that. Uh, but 
yeah, it, I think we get in our heads a little bit about Keith because he was just a, this real surprise in the playoffs last year that like, he's a fine player, but like we probably have overstretched him in this recent set of games and he's delivered, you know, I think he is the best looking jumper on the Lakers over the last 10 games, which is bonkers, but that's the situation. We're Some, in. Yeah. Somebody's got to make them. Yeah. Cause everyone's just so ready, you know, to swing the bow and arrow and there just aren't as many opportunities as you were before. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's enough to be said about the Hornets and the Lakers and LeBron's MVP case, because we still have 30 more games of going over this. And I assume LeBron will continue to be adding moments to that resume top shots, if you will. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the news. Uh, so we mentioned earlier that Marcus Hall has entered the next phase of health and safety protocols. Damian Jones is on his second 10 day contract and that's got to be expiring within a few days, right? Like he can't have too much longer left on this. I think he signed his contract uh, the Tuesday or Wednesday of uh, the week the season restarted. So let's just say it, it was the 10th. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Saturday would be his 10th day. So gotcha. it's looking like Saturday might be his last game. I'm thinking he probably didn't sign it on Tuesday just because they didn't have game until Friday. So they might be able to stretch it out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's coming to a close. And for those of you who are unaware that you cannot sign a player to three 10 day contracts, you have to sign them for the rest of the season at that point. And I'm not terribly certain that the Lakers are going to be signing Damian Jones for the rest of the year, mostly because they have been heavily linked to one Andre Drummond who could very well become available after the trade deadline. If Cleveland discovers that they cannot move him, which I'm going to tell you something, Cleveland front office, (laughs) you got him for a second round pick last year. It's probably not happening this year. Yeah, It's highly likely I'd say. Yeah. So the Damian Jones experiment could be coming to an end relatively soon. Just curious, Christian, what are your thoughts on what Andre Drummond could potentially bring to the Lakers if he does in fact sign as a buyout candidate? Well, rebounding, I think is the biggest thing you think of when you think of Andre Drummond. Um, I understand he is a, Nice, shiny name, and Lord knows Lakers fans love nothing more than just shiny names. Um, I don't know if he moves the needle for the Lakers as much as everybody seems to think he does. Uh, I've talked about this a little bit, but I mean, I, I just it just seems like everybody forgot what happened last postseason, both good and bad. It's like every time the Lakers lose, it's we need we need a center. Marcus All's washed. I hope he retires tomorrow. And when the Lakers win, it's like, like you know everything's fine. I don't think a lob threat uh, is is a necessity. I think it's a luxury and one the one the Lakers can you know participate in and and fulfill because they have two roster spots. Exactly. Uh, but I think the number one priority for me personally would be getting a three and D wing and Andre Drummond is many things. A three and D wing is not one of them. I I mean, you could argue that he doesn't fulfill any of those three categories, but (laughs) I'm going to give him just a pass. Maybe he could fulfill the defensive part of it, but I think you hit on the key point there. The Lakers will have two empty roster spots when Damian Jones's 10 day expires. And 
I mean, if you we can look at the entire ecosystem of available NBA players, there are not two, three and D wings that they can sign for the remainder of the season. So the opportunity cost of bringing in Drummond does not seem to be particularly high to me, right? Like yeah. you can just have him fill the role that Damian Jones is currently occupying, where I think it's nice to have a big center who you can throw in when Marcus Hall gets in early foul trouble, or maybe he needs to sit a game because he's mm-hmm. a little bit older and you want to make sure he's ready for the playoffs or God forbid, Gasol is just unavailable to come back for a little bit. You know, that insurance policy at center, I think is a good thing. Um, even in these games, you know, where LeBron is closing at the five or Montrez plays heavy minutes. Like there are also situations where that's just not going to get it done. And I realize that we're currently operating in, you know, a stretch where Anthony Davis is not available. So that further diminishes the Lakers big man depth, but like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's let Anthony Davis set out as long as he needs to, you know, I think just having an extra body in the front court is not such a bad thing. You know, there's a reason why everybody loves Damian Jones so much like that archetype fits in this offense. Right. And yeah. even though Andre Drummond has never really been a lob threat per se, there's no reason why he couldn't be like, he's, he can jump, he's tall, he's got good hands. Like that's a perfectly valid role for him to slot into, into this Lakers offense. And then he's like, you said, he's a good rebounder that helps defensively. He just takes up a lot of space. He's got good instincts on that end. I know he's never been like on a particularly great defensive team, but he also played for the Pistons for the majority of his career. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to give him all of the blame for that. Like, let's be real. Like, there's <laughs> apples to apples comparisons here. So I I don't like the idea of Drummond supplanting Marcus All, but I do think it's reasonable for the Lakers to say, hey, we might need another guy just in case for the regular season. And that's fine because yeah. that's all he's going to be, right? Just a minimum guy. For the rest of the season. Well, okay. I think that it seems you think that as well. The reason I don't think Andre Drummond will play for the Lakers is because the Nets still have their disabled player exception and Jeff Green is starting for them at center right now, I believe. But they have uh, DJ and Blake as a small ball five and Bruce Brown is like actually a center. We, okay. How many of those guys can defend in space at all? Not that Andre Drummond can. Exactly. And that, you know, that that's a whole different conversation of does Andre Drummond move the needle for any team? I think Dallas. I think he should go to the uh, championship favorite Washington Wizards. I think he would move the needle for them quite a bit, actually. (laughs) I I did see the that report the other day. That's hilarious. Um, But yeah, no, I I ultimately think um, Andre Drummond would be fine. I know a lot of people don't agree, but I think a Hassan Whiteside would be equally fine in that (laughs) regard. Um, And that's just to say, I I don't think the Lakers need a center as badly as anybody thinks they do. Otto Porter, however, I don't think he's going to get bought out. The Bulls seem like they're in um, at least play in contention. So who knows what will happen there. But um, of, of all the things that have happened the past week, I think the most interesting thing is the fact that all of the guys the Lakers thought they were going to get, or at least Lakers fans thought they were going to get for that three and D spot or just off the board. Hmm. PJ Tucker in Milwaukee, Trevor Reza in Miami. Um, now you're looking at Glenn Robinson, the third and no, Rondé no, we're Hollis not Jefferson, looking at Glenn Robinson third. It's not happening. <laughs> I refuse to ent- entertain this possibility <laughs> as someone who has watched a lot of the Kings. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. That, that's it though. I mean, it just goes to show the type of options you're looking at at any position at this point. 
um, in the buyout market. It's it's nuts. So who knows what will happen? Yeah, who knows? I, I like the auto order fit. I mean, at a certain point, like the Bulls have to realize that they're just going younger and you sort of letting a veteran go on a buyout is just earning a little bit of favor with an agent, right? And it's not such a bad thing to do when you're not in a playoff making phase of your, mm-hmm. you know, franchise's arc. I mean, the, the Bulls could easily fall out of the plan. Like that's, it's right there for the taking. So <laughs> if you're a Laker fan who wants auto border, you should be rooting for Chicago to lose as many games as possible. And I mean, they, they're like five and five in their last 10. That's actually a lot better than I thought they were, but hopefully they don't play the thunder anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a recipe for wins. But anyway, uh, the Lakers played the Hornets tonight. It was super fun. I actually like, I knew that LaMelo Ball was must-see TV. I just didn't realize how much he was going to make LeBron must-see TV, but you clearly foresaw that. And I mean, that's that's why you were profiled among the other Chino <laughs> Hills greats today, which kudos. <laughs> you know what sucks is the more NBA players that come out of Chino Hills, the less mm. likely it is I'll ever be the most famous person from this general like I mean I think you're already area. done I think you're done like it's <laughs> if you yeah. if you want to be most famous like that option is off the table <laughs> well hold, hold on there are I am, only, <laughs> I am only 25 I have plenty or god I'm not 25 I'm 24 I was surprised I think, when you said 25 I was like I, I don't think, remember Christian being that old <laughs> I think I've yeah that's the second time I've said I'm 25 on this podcast that's I'm correct. 24 I'm in my Kobe year I'm still so young I wake up and so I'm so like, young oh, that your memory is going. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I may be younger than LeBron James, but physically, mentally, I might as well be in a home. <laughs> well, on that note, this has been a lovely week of Lakers podcasts. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Skin Roll podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you want to listen to your shows. And we'll be back next week. Take care.